0: But as it is, Jesus has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we come before you once again and we ask you to join us here this morning. and We trust that you are here with us. May my words as always be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus name. Amen. Please be seated. Now, I know I've confessed to you before how much I love HGTV. I should say, how much I loved HGTV, because now we've done the 21st century thing and we've cut the cord, and I no longer have HGTV. No more Property Brothers. No more Property Brothers at home on the ranch. No more buying and selling with the Property Brothers. No more Property Brothers brother versus brother. Where am I gonna get my 6'5 Canadian twin home renovation itch scratched? Nowhere apparently. But I did love the Property Brothers. I loved watching those shows. The part of them that I never really got into, though, was at the very end when the house was all done and the giant truck from Wayfair.com would show up with all the furniture. turns out I don't care so much about the furniture. I care about the vaulted ceilings, the walk-in closet, and the cabinetry in the kitchen, not the chest of drawers in the bedroom, the ottoman in the family room, or the giant letters that spell the word eat. In the kitchen which makes it a little odd that this sermon is about a chair now in the letter to the hebrews we read a continuation of the section one that we read from a couple weeks ago too about the difference between the human high priests that were assigned to work in the temple in jerusalem and jesus christ our new better and final high priest now both of these readings, the other week from Romans, from Hebrews 7 and this week from Hebrews 9, are basically saying the same thing. This whole section has one point. That the human high priests had to offer sacrifices again and again and again, whereas Jesus' sacrifice of himself only had to happen once and was good enough to cover the sins of everyone for all time. This is where we get the chair. Beginning in Exodus 25 and continuing for several chapters, Moses describes what the tabernacle should look like. If you don't know what the tabernacle is, the Israelites have recently received the Ten Commandments from God and they want to care for them properly. There was no temple yet, no central place for Hebrew worship, so the tabernacle, which means residence or dwelling place was set up to care for the tablets and to help mediate the people's relationship to God. It had a pretty simple layout, the innermost area, you've probably heard this one, called the Holy of Holies, and this is where the Ark of the Covenant rested. this area was set apart from the rest of the tabernacle by a veil. And in the room outside the veil, outside the Holy of Holies, which was simply called the Holy Place... There was a golden lampstand and a table holding something called shoe bread or show bread. This is special bread that was required to always be in the presence of God. Also in this holy place was a golden altar of incense. So imagine the furniture in the tabernacle. We have the ark. We have a veil, a lampstand, and a table. Normal household accoutrements except for one thing. There's no chair. There's nowhere for the priests to sit down. I was watching a television show recently about the appalling working conditions at Amazon fulfillment warehouses. Um, they interviewed several workers who claimed that their work quotas were so onerous and their filling of those quotas so tied to their continued employment at Amazon that they felt they couldn't take bathroom breaks. In other words, to keep their jobs, they had to go to the bathroom in empty soda cans as they filled my order for self-drilling drywall anchors and gluten-free communion bread. So each employee at an Amazon warehouse carries a little handheld computer on which new orders pop up, along with an allotted time in which they have to fill that order. And the worker basically, literally has to run to grab the item before their allotted time runs out or face the consequences. And as soon as one order is filled, the next one pops up, on and on, never ending for hours. That sounds exhausting. But do you know what piece of furniture is most assuredly missing from an Amazon fulfillment warehouse? That's right, a chair. There are no chairs because there's no need for a chair. Because the work never ends. The same is true in the tabernacle and in the temple. The same is true of life in the realm of the law. The work never ends. Consider your life. As I was writing this sermon, the first words that came out of my fingers next were, unlike at Amazon, not many of us have a little handheld computer assigning us onerous tasks throughout the day. But then I realized that almost every single one of us literally has a little handheld computer assigning us onerous tasks throughout the day. As soon as one obligation is attended to, the next one pops up. And you don't need to have a smartphone for this to be true of your life. You know that if you fall behind or don't meet your quota, you face the consequences. You eat another unhealthy meal at a restaurant because you forgot to leave time to cook. You don't spend enough time with your children because you have to catch up on your work. You're short with your significant other because your life is starting to become too much. And that's to say nothing of Jesus' requirements. That we care for those less fortunate than ourselves. Or love our enemies. Or be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Get to work or face the consequences. Life under the law, the good, right, true, and holy law of God, life in the tabernacle with the Ark of the Covenant, is life in an Amazon fulfillment warehouse. The work never ends. Trying to atone for our sinful lives is a never-ending task. That's why there's no chair in the tabernacle. The priest's work never ends. Ended. He was offering sacrifices for himself and for the people constantly, all the time. There was always sin to be atoned for. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 says this specifically. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. The work is never done. Did you hear that last part? These sacrifices never take away sin. So, not only is trying to atone for our sin a never ending task, it's actually impossible. Martin Luther, the great reformer, was talking about this when he said that the quest for glory could never be satisfied. His use of glory there is just another way of saying atonement or righteousness or making everything okay. That quest can never be satisfied. Another task always pops up. On the computer, pray more, honor more, love more. So what does Luther say? After saying that the quest for glory can never be satisfied, he says that it must be extinguished. It must be put out. Now, there is good news. Our quest has been extinguished. Our atonement has been accomplished, and our righteousness has been achieved by another, by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. In 1518, just a year after posting his 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Castle Church, Luther was asked to defend his, quote, new theology, which of course we know is just old theology, rediscovered. And in response he wrote something called the Heidelberg disputation. Don't worry so much about all this history lesson stuff. I'm just trying to sound smart. This Heidelberg disputation is a set of 27 theses explaining his rediscovery of the gospel and thesis 26 of this disputation directly addresses the the lack of a chair in the tabernacle. The lack of a chair in the realm of the law. And here's what Luther says. And if any of you want to get this tattooed across your back, I'll support you 100%. Here's Luther. The law says, do this. And it is never done. Grace says, believe in this. And everything is already done. Incredible, right? This is why our church is called Grace Church. This is everything. Grace, the grace of God is everything. And actually, forget your back. We should all get this tattooed backwards across our chests so that we can be reminded of it every time we look in the mirror. The law says do this, and it is never done. Grace says believe in this. And everything is already done. Remember that sentence that I read you from Hebrews chapter 10. Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. That's not the end of the story. Let me read it to you again along with what follows. This is again from Hebrews 10. Every priest... Stands daily at his office offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. In the realm of the law, in the tabernacle, in the temple, the work is never done. But under the grace of the gospel, it is finished. The priests had no need of a chair. Their work was never done. Sacrifices again and again, over and over, and nothing was accomplished. Sin remained. Until Jesus Christ hung on the cross bearing the sins of the world. He shouted, It is finished. Went to hell, defeated death, joined the Father in heaven, and then... He sat down. His work for you was done. And so it is forever. Amen.